Hello and welcome to the Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and today we head across to New Zealand where we meet Scott Rice, the Managing Director of Quantum Events. Great to meet you, Scott. Hey, Chris, how are you? Very nice to be on your program uh, and meeting you today. Yeah, fantastic. And, and I guess, you know, exciting times for, for New Zealand. Uh, you know, I guess probably the first country to come out and start you know, have seen stadium, packed rugby stadiums happening over the last couple of weeks. You've just launched your Ocean Swim Series this week. And, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but love to start by just getting a bit of your background, please, Scott. Yeah, so I got into events back in probably 2004. Um, always had a passion for events. And, and I think like everyone, you, you know where your natural skills lie. And so um, I got into the event game back when I was in my mid-20s. Um, started part-time running um, ocean swimming events while I had full-time jobs and then decided um, I, I was busy enough, I had enough work, I was making enough money that I turned it into a career for myself. So since 2005, um, so for 15 years I've run Quantum Events and we now have two event brands. We've done many other things but we still now have two event brands called the Banana Boat New Zealand Ocean Swim Series which is New Zealand's largest swimming event. And then we also run an international event in Fiji called Ocean Swim Fiji, which is in uh, August generally. Um, but this year with COVID-19, we've had to uh, reschedule that to 2021. So yeah, it's, um, it's been a passion of mine. It, it's still, still a, a strong passion and, um, and thoroughly enjoy being in the events industry. That's fantastic. And, uh, and, you know, again, one of the common themes of the aid station is, is more, more and more people I speak to just, you know, people doing their passion as a job and making a living out of it is, is wonderful. Um, and, uh, you know, clearly that's, that's the case with you. So great to hear. And I think, you know, again, moving on to, uh, you know, what's been happening in New Zealand, uh, obviously COVID contained, everything opening up. What's life been like, though, over the last few months for you? Were there times when it was like, gee, Am I going to be able to launch? What was it like living under the you know fairly strict lockdown that you had? And and, and and any insights into that would be great to hear. Yeah, I think winding back the the clock to beginning of March, um, I guess like everyone, you, you were hearing about COVID nineteen and around the world, and most people just never ever thought it would come to what it is now. And and us as event organisers you know, went from this will never affect us to maybe this could affect us. I think this will affect us. And then, so there was a lot of event organizers sort of a bit behind the eight ball, I guess, and turning their attention to what if I can't run my events for the very first time, other than a weather event or something like that that would occur last minute. This was something that could derail, um, you know, not only the events industry, but but all businesses. So. Um, on I remember the day, March 16th, um, we made the decision to cancel our final three events of our seven um, event national series. Um, and, and then it turned to uh, all the communications that had to go from there, communications to sponsors, communications to participants. What are we going to do? Are we going to refund? Are we going to transfer? Uh, what's our legal position? So there was so much to think about. And, and that was three, well, three or four months ago now. Um, I can't believe we got through that, but we did. And it was extremely challenging times. Um, but everyone kind of understood that COVID-19 was 
uh, something outside of everyone's control, um, you know, really. Um, and so we, we then went into lockdown. So New Zealand um, had a strict lockdown and we called, we had levels, level one, two, three, and four. Level four was everyone at home um, and couldn't go anywhere. You could work uh, remotely. Um, I guess for the first two weeks of that, it was just shell shock. Um, kids were at home um, and, and, and not many people were working um, and just sort of getting into a whole new way of life. And, uh, and then slowly as that went on, um, people got used to it and you'd, you'd start to, the productivity would start to wind up a little bit. And we turned our attention from finishing um, last season's events and, and tying up all the loose ends to planning our season for this coming year, the 2021 season. Um, so I guess we, we used some of that downtime to uh, get a head start on our planning for the future. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like in, in many ways it's worked well. I guess tough cancelling three events. Would, would you say that was probably one of the, the toughest decisions that you had to make? Was this, you know, this decision that let it go? And, 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 what, and what was that like? I've spoken to quite a few people that have cancelled events and they said, you know, that it was almost one of the best decisions they made because there's others that have kind of postponed and postponed and postponed and the energy that that sucks out of them personally and their business to be able to have that defined decision. We've made a decision, we move forward. Was that, was that what happened in your case? Yeah, I mean, I've got some really good people around me in sort of the PR comms area. Um, there were so many factors you need to consider as COVID-19 was, was developing so quickly. And I think in the weeks prior to the, to the, to the cancellation, you could see things just just slowly getting worse, not slowly, quite quickly getting worse. And so, yeah, you had to make that decision to to cancel before you were forced to cancel. I think it's never good to to cancel when when you, you know when you're forced to. So we kind of had to consider our sponsors and their reputations, um, the appetite of New Zealanders to attend events, and whether we could actually legally run them. Um, and so I think we, we simply saw the writing on the wall earlier than some, and we made that decision, um, and just thinking back, we made it earlier than a lot of other events. And I, we did get, um, I guess, some positive feedback for that decision being made earlier. Um, was it disappointing? Yes, of course it was, it was, um, but I think, you know, I don't know about all businesses or, or owners, but I, I kind of felt that we did make the right decision. Um, I knew it was going to financially impact us, um, and it has, but there's not too many businesses that haven't been impacted by COVID-19. So I'm kind of a bit of a realist and think, well, you can only control what you can control, and this we couldn't control, and we could only react, and we reacted as best as we could. Um, and uh, we, we move on to the future um, and we chalk up this year as, as, as a tough year and, and hopefully we'll, we'll come out of it. Yeah, and I guess plenty of lessons learned. What, what's been the response now? So you've just launched this year's series. You, you have 7,000 participants, you said, typically across a series, which is significant, biggest, biggest events of its kinds in, in New Zealand across multiple different locations. And, you know, I guess people around the world, we've got these 
kind of two schools. There's one school saying, hey, people are going to come rushing back. There's others that are nervous. People are going to be scared. New Zealand seems to have shown that there's this pent-up demand for sport and connection and activity with full rugby stadiums and so on. It's only early days, but what's the initial response been since your launch? Look, if, if social media is anything to go by um, and just anecdotal feedback from people is people are very, very um, keen to get back into it. I think, um, you know, the lockdowns, that various lockdowns that people have been been um, involved with around the world um, has made us stop and think and not do things that we typically do and has given us time to think about how we would change our lives in the future. So I, I, even myself, you know, um, there are things that that, that time has given me, um, you know, that headspace to think about things. So I think people have come out of this going, um, you know, I want to be healthier. I want to step outside the box. Um, they, the other thing unique to New Zealand is we're, we're a small country at the bottom of the, the world and we're an island nation. And so our government has closed our borders very, very tightly and isn't, isn't um, opening them anytime soon. And so New Zealanders who have been used to traveling overseas and we're, we're, we're a country which love traveling overseas, um, they cannot do that right now. And so they are reconsidering their holidays and that holiday is in New Zealand. So there's going to be more people traveling around New Zealand, which means that they could travel to our event and more people wanting to get fit and healthy and do something different. So my feeling is, and I'm, I hope I'm right um, for everyone, is that there'll be far more people interested in, in doing events like ours. Um, the only other thing I'd say is, you know, there's been negative impacts on employment and um, people's job security. So it's whether people have the funds long-term to enter events. But our, our entry fees are, are pretty low compared to say an Ironman or a, so, and, and the commitment someone needs to make to do our events is a lot smaller. So I think that's less of a barrier um, in terms of people's ability to pay for entry in the time. Yeah, great, great to hear. And, and I guess, you know, part of that business model is obviously sponsors and, and what, what's kind of the initial responses from sponsors still committed, more of them potentially knocking on the door saying we, we see the value of being involved in these things. Is, is there likely to be, um, you know, a, a, a surge in sponsors or surge is maybe too strong a word, but more interest in sponsors coming into the space? Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see which operators um, continue to operate in the event space over the next 12 to 18 months. I mean, we've been around, like I said, for 15 years. So we're an established brand. Um, we've lasted the test of time. We certainly haven't had a challenge such as COVID-19 previously, but um, our sponsors, a lot of them are, are long-standing sponsors. We have strong relationships with them in varying degrees of, of, of partnership terms. So some are mid-contract, um, some had come to the end of their contract. But I think um, we, we have, um, you know, I think we've been not lucky, but um, blessed that these sponsors have supported us throughout this um, challenging time. Um, when we cancelled, we had to have conversations with all those sponsors about what we do with fees and benefits and things like that. And... Um, and all of them were very generous and understanding, so that was great. 
and and all of them are back on board. I haven't lost a single sponsor. In fact, I'm already talking about getting a few new partners. Um, so it, time will tell um, whether whether the sponsorship market will tighten up um, over the next 12 months. I, I think it probably will. I think companies will be looking very seriously about how they're spending their money. Um, but at this stage, I think the strength of our brand, the strength of the relationships um, we have with those brands, and, and I guess my reputation as an event operator, um, I like to think that we do things really well. And so if someone decides to spend their money with us, that it's going to be, it's going to be money well spent. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, one of the indicators in that conversation, you quickly turn the word sponsors to partners. And I think that's the absolute key to success as you build those mm. partnerships and, and, and it really works. Look, to me, there seems to be, you know, some great leadership. Uh, you know, New Zealand kind of stands out in terms of the leadership, in terms of the way they, they've handled COVID. Uh, you as a leader making a, an early decision in terms of, uh, of, of that cancellation. You know, any thoughts around leadership stuff you've seen during COVID or stuff you've learned during your, your time in business that you think might be useful to, to any of the listeners? Yeah, I, I think as a business owner um, or in a position um, where you, you need to make big calls. Um, I mean, the last four months, you, you know, all event owners, event promoters, have had to make some very tough calls. And sometimes without all the information you need to make those calls, and that's you have to be gutsy. And I, I suppose that's where leadership comes in, is that, you know, you can get all of the advice you can get. I, I certainly have people around me that I can bounce ideas off, but it's me that has to make the decision. Um, for example, with our Fiji event, um, that was due to be staged at the end of next month. Um, we didn't know whether Fiji's border was going to open up and, and, and um, I'm pretty sure it won't, but we had to make a call a month ago to reschedule that event to 2021. Now, um, you can sit around and procrastinate that decision, but eventually it'll creep up on you. So um, I think when I think about leadership, I think that um, it's, it's, it's having the, um, what's the word? Um, the courage to make big decisions mm. um, and the more you make big decisions the better you come you, you, you're more comfortable making those decisions um, there's a couple of other things I sort of thought about prior to um, with leadership is uh, yeah just lead, leading by example um, I'm not particularly strong I think anyone that knows me would say I'm not particularly I'm not your cliche people manager or or, or leader in that respect, but I kind of just get on and get it done. And I guess my passion for our events um, and always striving to to innovate and and, um, and do the best possible job I can for the event participants and the partners, um, hopefully inspires other people to kind of um, to catch a little bit of that enthusiasm, I guess, and um, and, and do a great job. Sounds great. Fantastic. And then I, I always end the aid station with, with something inspirational, hopefully. And, uh, you know, you, you were talking that, you know, your distance is a, you know, your longest swim is 2.8 kilometers. I'm sure you've seen some pretty inspiring stories during some of your events or what's been going on with COVID. Is there any little story that you'd like to share to finish off, please? Yeah, I mean, I, this, and we're very, 
lucky to have so many inspirational stories um, through our event. I mean, we have we have swimmers that um, you know that are six years old all the way through to we've had eighty-eight year olds. Um, and I guess there's there's always one. There's there's a gentleman, John Marshall, who's eighty-five, um, and and does our entire series and um, beats half of the people, you know, half his age. Um, and I think, you know, that's the that's kind of the spirit of our series is that it is for all ages and all abilities. And I I particularly love high fiving um, the gentleman on the finish line every single time. So I mean, he's just one of many. Um, swimming's one of those things. Swimming in the ocean is one of those things that's extra challenging, not only because it's a physical challenge, but it's a mental challenge of, of um, getting over the fear of being in the ocean. Mm. And so um, the other inspirational things for me is seeing people that have either never swum an ocean swim or never swum that distance before and have been trained for it. And that look on their face, um, even after 15 years, is something that I absolutely love and you can't get enough of that. You, you know, that vibe at the finish line um, at, at one of our events, like many events, um, mass participation events around the world. So, um, yeah, uh, that inspires me and, and anyone that sees it, it would inspire them too. What a wonderful story, 85-year-old swimming those kind of distance. That's amazing. Oh, what yeah. A great, great way to end. Thank you, Scott. Really appreciate you making the time and, and obviously wish you all the best for, for the series. Hope it's a full series this time around and uh, that New Zealand remains COVID-free and, uh, and, and your, your industry and your, and your events continue to grow and prosper. It's been wonderful talking. Thanks so much. Thanks for the opportunity, Chris. Appreciate it.